We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Uh, it's important to realize that historically, grain was not handled like it was today. It wasn't even bread like it is today. And so uh, so if you want, I'll walk you through a little bit of, of some of that, some of that historicity uh, surrounding grain. This is amazing. <laughs> but no, we, you know, we just finished our third annual Two Days of Truth Summit. And I'm still on cloud nine. Yep. This is such an amazing event. Each year it has gotten better. We keep improving upon it. And it has this connectivity feel to it, right? We're not just coming to listen to information from right. people. We're bonding, we're connecting, we're feeling like family, right? Lifting each other up, encouraging, supporting. I feel charged. I feel like my oh. battery has just been charged. Oh, oh no, no question. Uh, lots of good memories, lots of good energy. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been just fabulous. Uh, yeah, you know, content is, is part of it. But man, just the fellowship, and and knowing that, you know, you're not alone because it gets lonely out there when you buck the system. That's it right. sure does, and we all need, you know, we need that that um, um, whatever a, you know uh, a, a a a for misfits. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite moments was your talk mm. when you walked us through the history of how grain has become, become so prevalent in our culture and so prized and cherished. And this really strikes a chord with me because 
there's so many of us that are now grain free, right? That mm -hmm. we had health issues right. and right. we've teased it down. We're having problems with either digesting, absorbing, assimilating the grain into our bodies. And so we've had to remove it. We have a record high number of people with celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, mm -hmm. gluten intolerance. The gluten free food market sector has exploded. Yes. Right, um, because we're all searching for answers, and grain seems to be one of our triggers. Gr grains become kind of like a new poison. That's you know, right. it's it's Some like the, it's us, like yes. the ugly, the ugly stepsister or whatever. You know, it's 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 not a, it's not a good thing. Whereas throughout history, I mean, bread. I mean, even even the the communion table. You know, uh, in in the Judeo Christian ethic, uh, bread and wine. You know, those are the. It's, it's the body of Christ. Right, right, right. And so here we have you know this this almost sacred thing mm -hmm. and it's um it's now anathema for many people yeah it's a poison and in, in fact of all the food triggers for so so-called mm. autoimmune and chronic yeah, diseases yeah, yeah. you know yeah for all the food triggers grain is the number one trigger for right. for a disease right so so um you know i think i think uh, as, as we drill down on that uh, it's important to realize that historically grain was not handled like it was today. It wasn't even bread like it is today. And so, uh, so if you want, I'll walk you through a little bit of, of some of that, some of that historicity uh, surrounding grain. I would love it. Enlighten us. Grain has always been the holy grail because it was, it was hard to produce. In order to grow grain, you, you got to get rid of the sod. You know, you got to, you got to get rid of the grass somehow. Okay. Or the trees or whatever. You got to make an open seed bed because grain doesn't just grow naturally. You know, you don't just drive down the road and, and see, and see a, a, a barley field and assume, oh, oh, okay, I guess barley just wanted to grow there. You know, no, you know, somebody had to do it. Well, historically, that was always done, obviously, with a sharp stick, you know, um, to stir, to, to, stir to, to, uh, to till up the, the ground uh, behind an ox or a, you know, a mule or a horse or something. And, and then when you got things stirred up enough, uh, then you could go, you know, fling it on the ground, plant it, kind of drag something over to cover it a little bit. And you had to keep the weeds out of it. And then to harvest it, you took a scythe. You know, it looks like skithy when you write it, but it's S-C-Y-T-H-E, a scythe, you know. And you, you scythed it down, you cut it, and then you, you took it. So, you know, so this, this grain would be, you know, yay high. You cut it and you put it in a, in a bundle called a shock and you shock it and the grain's now up on top. And the reason for that was to, to get the grain dry, uh, to actually dry it down, to get it off the plant and actually dry it down. And then, um, and then after it sat there a couple weeks, then you could take it to a, um, you know, a hard floor, pound it, thresh it, that's threshing, pound it, you know, beat it, um, and, or, or, you know, with a flail, flail it. I mean, these are all old words, you know, that, that are in our English lexicon. And, uh, you know, we say flailing away. Well, that's a flail flailing the, the, the grain. All right. And then you winnowed it, you threw it up in the, in the air because the flailing um, separated the husk from the, from the seed, from the actual grain, you know, kernel, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, like taking the, um, you know, taking the pecan shell off and you get the, you get the pecan inside that you can eat. You, you got to get the shell off. And, um, and then, then you throw it up in the air, you know, you had a breezeway and the, the, the wind would, you know, blow off the, the chaff. That was always real light, you know, leaves and little husks and stuff like that. 
and then the grain would heavy grain would fall to the ground and at the end of the day you know you, you, you scoop up this grain you now what are you going to do with it how do you keep the rats out of it the mice out of it how do you preserve it in a day before you know before sheet metal and and butler buildings and all this stuff well you know you um you put it in a you put it in a, in a big clay pot and um and then a lot of military might in ancient civilizations was used to to guard you know nobility's big clay pots i mean these things were 12 feet tall eight feet in diameter you know massive big pots to store it in to keep the mice out of it and then um and then you know of course you'd eat it well the what what that did a it made grain very expensive very expensive throughout history uh thomas jefferson's farm book for example even in you know 1820 um uh, his farm book has has the various um values of different commodities beef chicken barley wheat corn yeah and and if you look at those ratios today um you know wheat instead of being you know 550 a bushel today it would be about you know 50 dollars a bushel that fundamentally changes the value of omnivores because omnivores can't just eat grass like cows you know the beauty the, the reason that the foundation of all ancient civilizations their nutrition was either herbivores or seafood was because those were the two things that were nutrient dense that you could eat without tillage because tillage was laborious you know you're sitting with a stick behind a ox all day right and and so you know if you if you were able to you know scratch out a goodness you know a a thousand feet by you know 30 feet field that was a pretty good sized field right and so um the other thing that happened here was that the um that, that during the two-week drying period in the shock the sun would come out and dry down in a day but in the evening the sun would go down and the dew would come up and and so th then the then the grain would you know get a little bit of moisture and it would ferment a little bit then the sun would come out dry it down and then it would same thing and this this happened over and over again so literally until completely mechanized harvest and natural gas drying and all that that we do today until that time no grain was ever eaten on the entire planet without growing through some fermentation wow. and I mean, and stark contrast from what we have today sure right how many people actually eat fermented grains right today or right even think about that it's right. not even in our normal vocabulary right. and that's why you know like weston a price foundation that's why a lot of the whatever you know the gluten gurus uh, are all about you know fermented mm -hmm. um because because this changes the enzymes it releases it makes them more digestible you know lots of things happen in a, in a gentle fermentation process and so in the you know in the development of course in 1837 Cyrus McCormick invented the reaper which was a which was a mechanical knife that got rid of the scythe who what a i mean that's the official beginning of the industrial revolution is 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 the reaper then so, so that 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 eliminated the scythe so you could harvest it a lot easier but you still had to go into shock and all that stuff and so after it dried then then eventually they got threshing machines you know by the late 1800s we had threshing machines and those were great big you know uh things that you 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 pushed your shock in and it would you know uh shake 
shake, rattle, and roll, you know, and had big fans in it to blow out the chaff, and, uh, and, and you'd end up with grain in a, in a bin. It, it separated the, the grain from everything else, the leaves, the stem, the, all that. And, um, and so you had, you had two, you know, two stages. You had to cut it, and then you had to thresh it. You know, those were the two stages. So today's combine is, was, a, was a machine that eventually combined the cutting and the threshing. That's why it's called a combine. And the combine then eliminated the shock, which eliminated fermentation. Well, the problem is if you direct harvest grain, it's almost always a little too wet to go in a bin, so it'll mold. So along with the combine came mechanical drying, you know, like with natural gas, air, air, you know, where you pump hot air through it. And suddenly we eliminated fermented. Other thing that happened was prior to this time, of course, all the, the energy of a farm was draft power, you know, oxen, horse, mules, okay? And, um, and they needed stables, they needed a lot of bedding. And so actually up until, goodness, um, up until probably 1930 or 1940, the straw, which is everything left over from the grain. So you got the little, you know, little kernels of grain up here on top of the barley, oats, wheat, you know, rye. But then you got the rest of the plant, okay? So the straw is all the rest of the plant, okay? That was actually as valuable as the grain for bedding, for cows, and uh, well, for all the draft power, the horses, the mules, all that, that were stable kept because um, we didn't have a way to pump. There were no slurry manure systems. And if you wanted to move manure, you needed to put some, you know, some straw with it to bind it, you know, so you could actually shovel it and, and get it out. And so there was a huge demand for the straw. And farmers knew that that straw grew crops. That was biomass. That was, all right. But once we went to mechanization, eliminate the draft power, and the combine, the whole goal was how can we shorten the plant? We don't, we don't, you know, it takes too long to separate the grain from a great big tall plant. Let's shorten the plant. And so, so over the next, you know, breeding decades, the plants have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter, which means the ratio of the plant to the grain has changed. Where it used to be, you know, the grain was, well, let's just say, uh, you know, 10% of the plant's weight. Today, it's more like 50%. And, and again, the shorter stalk too allowed you to put a bigger head on it because, you know, it didn't, you didn't have to hold side. It wasn't as tall as a skyscraper, you know, you, yeah. could, you could hold it more. And so all these things, uh, I know the book, uh, for example, Wheat Belly, if you've ever read the book Wheat Belly, um, he goes into great detail about this shortening and the ratio of, of the plant to the leaves. And yeah, because the thought is that it changed the gluten content Yes. in, in that grain, right, in the part that we eat. Right. Which right. It, it, it increased the content of the gluten, which they're theorizing is maybe one of the reasons why we're getting triggered by it more because yes. of the amount of grain that we eat in the standard American diet, right? It's well, everywhere. Yeah, and, 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 and the other thing that all, that all this quote, what, quote unquote grain efficiency did, it lowered the cost of grain. So the first time in human history, grain was cheap. 
That has never happened in human history before, where grain is cheap. Well, now suddenly, everybody could eat it. You know, bread wasn't a special communion. Bread wasn't a special thing. Um, and 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 our you you probably know this way more than I, I don't know. But the the, um, the amount of grain consumed in crackers and 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 bread exponentially went up from like 19 whatever 70 yes. through 2000 that 30 year period and of course that's also the period 1979 when the uh, our dear friends at the um, uh, USDA gave us the food pyramid yes. for the first time and put cereals on the foundational bottom yes. so everybody's oh, okay let's you know it's cheap it's carbohydrate you know it's accessible let's eat this and so the combination of no fer no fermentation a change in the in the ratio of the plant to the to the production and simply the the exponential increase in the volume of intake you, you get those three each one of them is a strike you yeah. put them all together and and you've got something that's as you know historically you know the holy grail of civilization was grain production i mean that that was when we could actually settle down and and you know and build cities and and all that. Um, the the here the foundation of civilization has now become I don't know a poison a, a you know a, a suspect a suspect uh, partner. 